Welcome to Born and Red, a podcast about Manchester United. On today's episode, we review the tight victory against Leicester. Matic is finished. Get off the pitch. Get out of our club. Uh, we discuss if Ollie's a bit shrewder than he perhaps looks. We get a Leicester fan on to get his opinion on the game and Leicester's chances for the rest of the season. And finally, we discuss the political makeup of the Greater Manchester area. Welcome to episode seven of Born and Red, a podcast about Manchester United. Uh, Ryan, um, I would say I was about seven years old when I went to my first funeral. Uh, <laughs> long lost relative, I can't even remember who it was, but I, I distinctly remember the funeral. And I distinctly remember having more fun at that funeral than I had at Old Trafford today. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the most memorable game of football I'm ever going to watch in my life. No, it was um, it was it was it was pretty weak as far as uh, football showings go. I will always be happy when we take home three points, but that was potentially one of the worst games of football I've ever seen in my life. Um, both both sides included. Yeah, it was a shocker. Um, just the, I think it was expected on our part. I, I think a lot of fans were quite rightly worried um, given the fact that Pogba was out um, and obviously Martial uh, against a decent Leicester side, a Leicester side who were in form, um, who a lot of people expect to challenge for the top six. And as as bad as we were, I, I, I say bad, as average as we were, Leicester were worse. They just did not take advantage of, of on paper at least, what was a pretty poor United side. Um, and I, I don't I, think it was just I, on paper either. Like the whole performance was disjointed. There was no flow to it. Our midfield was terrible. Yeah. No other word for yeah. it. And uh, I think Leicester missed a massive opportunity there to uh, get some points against one of the perceived top six. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that said about the, McFi- the, the, the midfield, the McField, <laughs> McTominay <laughs> was really, really good today. Um, he is a player that on a game like this where we are average, he kind of did the, the, the basic stuff really well. He's, he's like super athletic. He gets around the pitch. He puts in good tackles. Some of his passing was, was great. He's never going to be a player that unlocks defences and, you know, necessarily drives the team forward. But I think he could be that kind of, uh, I think they call it the shield these days in front of the so, back four, the kind of defences mid. So I've got two um, websites open with Manchester United player ratings from the game. Uh, one is the Express <laughs> and one is Manchester Evening News. Now, Mike, you're sounding... Both, wor- absolute, both absolute shit rags, I'd just like to point out. But go on. Yeah. You're, you're sounding worryingly like the Express. They've given <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott McTominay a 9 out of 10 and said a brilliant display from the Scott who never let the Leicester midfield settle, looked after the ball superbly and dictated tempo while the youngster demonstrated excellent defensive responsibility to maintain his concentration throughout. Wow. Um, I thought he was okay. I would give him a 7 out of 10 at best. Um, I thought he gave the ball away quite a lot. He, he got he got about the place, got stuck in. And yeah, I agree with that remark. Didn't let the Leicester midfield settle. But I... I 
yeah, I, I didn't think it was a particularly impressive game. I'm expecting more from him. Um, the thing is, when when it is when when you do a seven out of ten performance and everyone else is doing a six out of ten performance or worse, then you know it's he was still one of the better players on the park for us. Uh, so no, I'm you know I'm surprised at you because you you're the you're the McTominay sort of voice. Um, and you have I like I like him. I just I just didn't think he was particularly impressive today. I think his performance might have been made to look a lot better by the shit show that was Nemanja Matic. Um, he was he was awful, and well, I think that my appraisal of Matic's performance is going to be worryingly close to the expresses as well they gave him a three out of ten unpopular selection from Solskjaer and Matic did a little to justify his inclusion slowing down play and failing to give his defense enough protection uh I thought he was absolutely awful he's been speaking a bit in the in the media lately about how he thinks that you know he should be starting um and he you know he doesn't agree with Solskjaer's uh, decision not to start him at the start of the season and then when he gets his chance he's going to show him that he was wrong well I'm, I'm sorry, Nemanja, all you proved today was that you passed it, you were over the hill, you're done. Yeah, absolutely. I said it last week, his legs have gone, every United fan can see it. And I actually think Ollie's been pretty clever because um, before the game, so I'm on Twitter, tweeted the team and a couple of people saying, oh, Ollie's, you know, he's got no, basically saying he's got no bollocks and, and, and should have picked like, I don't know, like fucking Garner or someone or Fred even. But I think Ollie's been quite clever. He, he's taken, um, obviously seen, and heard about Matic's comments and he's right gone okay you start the game and he's just like you've just said Matic has proved to everyone that he's passed it he's, he's gone he's finished and I don't think there can be any complaints from Matic if he doesn't get picked for the next game if, if Pogba's still out and hopefully he won't be then you know would you give Fred a go for example alongside McTominay so Fred I, I the thing about Fred is I, I, I don't really know what he's good at like he seems to be okay at, you know, running around and getting stuck in. He seems to be okay at uh, sitting in front of the back four. He seems to be okay at um, dribbling a little bit. He seems to be okay at the odd through ball and things. But I, I don't really see anything that gets me excited about him. I think when he was playing for Shakhtar, he, he scored a lot of goals and, and um, created a lot of goals, had a lot of assists. But it, it just doesn't seem to have translated to um, when he plays for us. And I, I desperately want him to be good, but he's done little to convince me that he's he's got what it takes as of yet. I would rather yeah. see him playing than Nemanja Matic, though, I, I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd agree with that. We were discussing him before the game today in the pub, and it was a case of, I think he's one of those players who, there was a reason we paid 50-odd million for him. Um, and it, he's just, it's like, He's just not been able to cope with that pressure of going from basically a, a bit of a tin pot league, the Russian league, uh, to um, to the Premier League, to, to playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. He's just struggled. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not gone well for him. Does he need a run of games? I don't know. Um, we'll just have to kind of see how he goes in the future. Okay, so we've we've spoken about two of the midfield three. Um, let's let's bring in one matter as well. I, I was incredibly disappointing in one i'm a big fan of ones um and as everybody always says such a nice guy um but such a great guy yeah he is a great guy but he uh he, he disappointed pretty heavily and i and i think a lot of the disjointment in the game today 
was due to the fact that Juan Mata, Nemanja Matic and Ashley Young were all playing in a similar area of the field. So whenever the ball was there, it, it, just, it didn't get very far. Um, we lost so much, so much possession through those three. Yeah, he, he's he's again, he's a bit finished to be honest. Um, yeah, such a great guy, but <laughs> do, you, do you want him starting games? Uh, and I he don't. started in his fate, number ten role. Did he did he create much? Did he do much? Blatantly and bluntly, no, he didn't. He's it, a game like today is where Mata should be showing his absolute quality and class, and. He just didn't. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, I, I won't be starting him next game. I would be looking to maybe bring in a couple of the youngsters again and, and see how we go. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 All right. So we're going to see if we can get hold of um, a Leicester fan now to get their view on the game. Um, we've obviously uh, felt like, although we won, we didn't play particularly well. Um, I didn't see much from Leicester either. So let's try and. Uh, get Reese on and see what his views on it were as well. This is a very risky proposition trying to invite someone into essentially a sort of live broadcast, um, you know, where we don't edit it, but, you know, I'll leave it to you. How, how does this te- technological wizardry work? Are you just going to invite him in? I've just, I've just added him. And there he is. Oh. Hello, Reese. How are you there doing? There he is. Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're good. I mean, we got three points, but uh, we're not particularly happy with what we saw today. Um, from our perspective, we felt that uh, particularly Nemanja Matic was pretty poor from the United side and that Leicester missed out on a big opportunity to capitalise and, and take three points off one of the perceived top six. What, what was your views on the game? Um, I think, yeah, I think it was a good opportunity for us to get one over. But I was disappointed with the team selection from the start, I think. I think we set up... Um, a bit too defensively with Chowdhury and Ndidi I think we only need to play one of them um, but I don't I mean, think in the final particularly third, when you look at the, the Manchester United lineup, and we had two defensive midfielders as well I think that was probably a good uh, a good indication of what the game was going to be like yeah I agree yeah um, I think we lacked in the final third Um which I think you these guys did as well. I think it was a pretty what, balanced what, game. So overall. what are, just out of interest, what are Leicester's aspirations this season? We had a Wolves fan on um, uh, a few episodes ago, and he seemed pretty positive and optimistic that they'd be building on, I think they came seventh last season. Mm. Um, Leicester, I feel, are very similar to Wolves in club and, and their aspirations and a lot of media talking talking you guys up that you're going to break into the top six is that a bit too optimistic or do you genuinely think you're going to break this kind of top six like mold that's been set over the last couple of seasons um i think this season is probably the best time for uh anyone to break in the top six uh, yourselves chelsea not exactly um you know on top of their game at the moment, on rebuilding squads. Um, I think Everton have a good chance breaking the top six as well, along with Wolves and ourselves. Um, but yeah, I think I think we should be aiming for the top six, and I believe that's exactly what the club are aiming for. Okay, cool. Um, I've got actually got a burning question. I've no idea if you're going to be able to answer it. And Ryan might be able to back me up on this. I, heard, I swear to God, I heard the Leicester fans singing today. You're just a town full of Tories. Can someone enlighten me what the hell they're talking about? 
Yeah, I, I heard that as well. Um, I'm pretty sure that Manchester is a Labour stronghold, right? Pass. Uh, uh, Reece, <laughs> can, you, can you like shed any light on it? Um, I believe it's a well-known fact that a lot of Manchester United supporters uh, are either from overseas or uh, down London. Um, I believe if you're from Manchester, you're a Man City fan, isn't that? Isn't that what they're Oh, Jesus Christ. Who invited this guy on? Um, right, like, let's move on. That's, that's a, a shocking accusation. Every single United fan uh, is within the Greater Manchester Ring Is this Road. a question you ask all your guests, or is it just <laughs> <the best> one? <laughs> because I'm sure if you ask the, the other guests the same question, they'd back me up. Uh-huh. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. So, so I, just, I just want to put this, this, this misnomer to bed straight away. Without a doubt, there are more Manchester United fans outside of Manchester, but that's just because we're a global club and we've got global reach. There are, without a doubt, more Manchester United fans within Manchester than Manchester City fans. End of story. Yeah, it's it's not even a debate. Uh, I'd like to see consensus yeah. done on that. But... I, I have actually got um, a link to a survey that was done. And granted, it was, I think, about 12 years ago. But it, it, it stated the fact that based on season ticket sales... Manchester United had a lot more fans in Manchester, in Manchester postcodes, than Manchester City did. And I think this is just backed up by the fact that they can't really fill their ground um, for some of, you know, the non-Manchester uh, United games that they have at, at the Etihad. Yeah, they, they, empty considering, the sometimes. considering they've got, like, they have got a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal footballing team and they are a great side. Um, quite frankly, their fans don't really deserve them. Uh, I know a few like die-hard sort of died-in-the-wall City fans, and they're almost a bit embarrassed uh, about the fact they've come into these massive riches. They're obviously loving it; they're loving the, the, the style of football they're playing. But there are plenty of teams out there. Leicester's one of them, who I would argue are a, a you know a longer-standing football team with with arguably a richer history as well. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, James <laughs> Madison, um, Reese thoughts on him is he as good as everyone makes out because a lot of again media talk that United are going to try and sign him I don't think he's good enough what what are your thoughts on James Madison um I think we'll struggle to hold hold of him keep hold of him next season uh I definitely think he has lots of quality and he's improving with every game I thought he played quite well today I think he was I, I I would I would second that I thought he played I thought he played really well I thought he gave our uh, I thought we gave him the Manu Matic and, and Victor Lindelof in particular a lot, a lot of trouble today. Yeah, and it was, um, if it weren't for a good De Gea save early doors, we could have been 1-0 up. Yeah, that was some shocking <clears throat> defending by Lindelof. <clears throat> I would be surprised if you guys do come in for him. I, I honestly believe, Mike, that, that Madison would improve our midfield at the moment. I think he's a, a better number 10 than any of the ones that we have. Um, Carlos Valderrama, who's probably in his 50s now, would improve our midfield at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, James Madison would improve that midfield. And we don't have a decent number 10, aside from Pogba, who I know you think is fine playing deep, but Pogba, for me, needs to be played further forward. If we're going to continue to play him as like essentially a holding midfielder, then yeah, James Madison, number 10, would absolutely make sense. But I just get the feeling that Leicester, quite rightly, would make us pay like north of what we paid for Maguire or certainly around that figure. 
And I'm just like, where do you draw the line with with paying like 70, 80 million for for, for these kinds of players? Maguire, yeah, probably worth the 80 that we paid for him. Um, Madison, I am not sure if he's worth the, the figures being touted uh, around. It, it, to be honest, let's just let's let's just get Reese's opinion on that. Is Maguire worth what we paid for him? In terms of his footballing ability, no. Um, that 80 million was what we valued him as a club, as what we thought um, we would need to in order to improve our team. Um, because we didn't need to sell, so we, we inflated that price. Have we, bought, have we bought a marginally better version of Phil Jones? No. Uh, I, I think he's a lot better than Phil Jones. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot to be that bad. Um, but no, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've definitely got an improvement on Phil Jones, definitely got an improvement on Smalling, an improvement on Lindelof. He, he is your best centre-back, um, but he's not as world-class as some of the professional pundits are making out to be, in my opinion. He's very yeah. slow for starts. Yeah, I think I think I would agree. Um, he's he's definitely improving our defence, but he's he's not Van Dyke quality, for example, who went for less money um, not too long ago. Um, I, I'm interested in your opinion as well, Reese. We we had a bit of a chat on last week's episode about uh, Marcus Rashford. What are your views on him? Do you, do you feel like he's um, a hot, still a hot prospect? Do you think he should have developed more by now? Do you think he's, he's never going to fulfil potential? What, what are your views as an outsider on Marcus Rashford? He reminds me of Sterling when he was at Liverpool. Um, his decision-making was poor. Um, he couldn't shoot. I don't know. I just think... I still think he's um, got a chance to excel. He just needs to, I think, maybe get a little bit more confidence to start just scoring goals. And then I think we'll see and go from there. I yes, still so think, right. yeah. so, so this is um, this is becoming a real bugbear of mine uh, again I was on Twitter today and I was having a conversation with a guy who's a you know he's been following United since fucking I don't know the 50s or something and he's he's basically saying Rashford is never going to fulfill his potential and my argument is how the hell can you tell that so the guy is 21 he scored 50 odd goals for United in nearly 200 appearances he, he's, he's played a hell of a lot for us it seems like he's older because he's been you know in the first team for such a long time but I cannot believe United fans in particular, obviously, you know, uh, fans who don't support United, England fans or whatever can have their own views. But United fans, I'm shocked when we aren't getting behind a homegrown player who is 21 years old, is still developing. And it seems like so many of us want to hang him out to dry. And I cannot understand it because he's clearly got ability and talent. And yes, sometimes his decision making isn't great. Yes, sometimes his finishing is poor. But like... When did we stop having faith in, in, in players, you know, like Rashford? It's, it's a sad day when a club like United, who, who have always prided themselves on on his, you know, the the development of youth, basically writing off what I see as, you know, as a really great prospect uh, for the future. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a difficult call one. I think it's because we're in such a transitional phase at the moment that rather than, you know, back in the day when, when a youngster was breaking onto the scene, we had an established 
um, first 11 playing well, we're looking to him to lead us. And I think that's where some of the uh, disappointment from the from the fans comes. I, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. You know, he, he needs to be given time. He, he is only 21. Um, but for a 21-year-old, he's, he's got a lot of playing time behind him. And I would have hoped for a little bit more um, progress by now, I think. But, um, yeah, like you say, Mike, he, he, I think people need to get off his back a little bit. And I think equally... Reese's comment on the fact that he, I think he needs a bit more confidence um, is probably 100% correct. Uh, if, if we were playing better as a team, I think he would flourish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reese, I've got a question for you uh, that I've never, I've never really been able to speak to a, a, a proper Leicester fan about. How much of a head fuck was winning the league as a Leicester fan, and what what were the expectations immediately afterwards, and and are you just kind of happy that, you know, that really weird season aside, that fantastic season for you guys, are you just happy now that you're an established Premier League club or do you, are you, you know, are you looking for more in the next few years? Um, yeah, obviously that season was, was crazy. I think after the great escape, I think it made it that even more crazier um, because at the start of that season, we were obviously, you know, our ambition then was to just stay in the league and avoid a relegation battle and you know to do the complete opposite and win the league was was just crazy um i think a lot of the leicester fans the season after winning the title i think we didn't expect a lot i think we just wanted again to just have a successful premier league campaign kind of aim for mid-table and just obviously have a good run in the champions league which we did quite well i think we, we reached the quarterfinals um, being knocked out to Atletico Madrid. Um, so I think that's been kind of the platform that's put us on this kind of trajectory of wanting to break into the top six now. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just absolutely phenomenal and kind of funny as well because that was really the season that Spurs should have finally um, backed up. Uh, you know, what? what <laughs> they should have kind of actually won something. Um, and the fact that they couldn't basically get ahead of you guys is just, it was, it was just one of the strangest seasons and I don't think we'll see anything like it for a long, long time. Now that City, Liverpool uh, and the you know the rest of the top six, it, it's going to be one of those teams, I think, for the next few few seasons winning the title. Um, I, I loved that season. Um, for a season where Man United played so poorly, uh, I was so happy to see what was going on at the top of the table and um Obviously, we're, we're, we're in a, a phase now where our two biggest rivals are probably the two best teams in the UK. So it was great that neither of them did anything that season as well, and, and Leicester came away with the title. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely bizarre. Um, right, final thoughts, Reese. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, predictions, where are you guys going to finish this season, league table, and where do you think we're going to finish? Um, I think we will pip you and finish sixth, and I think you'll finish seventh. So you think we're um, substantially worse than than Chelsea and Arsenal? Um, As current injuries and things stand, yes. Um, I just, yeah, I just think they have Arsenal definitely have a lot more going forward 
Their defence is questionable. Your defence is questionable. Um, if you guys can start scoring, maybe. I just don't I don't see... Maybe Chelsea, you could probably beat... Get above of Chelsea. You've got a very young squad. Um, but yeah, 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 I think... I think Liverpool will win. Man City second. Third and fourth will be between Arsenal and Chelsea. Interesting. Interesting. I think a lot of uh, fans, uh, non-United fans, would, would possibly go along with that assessment. Obviously, I'm trying to remain a bit more optimistic. I think we are going to get top four. And I'm going to go with Leicester probably getting sixth. So I do think you're going to break into the top six. At the expense of who? I don't know. Uh, I hope it's Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know that's just blind optimistic indeed all right uh, Reese. thanks so much for coming on and no um, you, you got any shout outs you know do you want to say hello to your dog or anything like that I'll say hello to my cat who I'm <laughs> not quite sure where he is right now I'm sure he's, he's somewhere having fun cool all right, well, all right, right, right. Nice one, thanks a lot for coming on no worries guys take it easy take care Ta-da. see you bye I was interested. So, uh, yeah, he, um, thinking we're going to end up seventh. I, I can't be that pessimistic. I, I know we've had a tricky start to the season. I know our squad is threadbare. But I, I genuinely do have faith that Solskjaer is, is going to drag us certainly uh, into the top six. And I am hoping still for top four. What, what do you think? It's such a strange time. Um, such a strange game today. Just... One that I didn't genuinely expect to win, and we kind of ground out a result. So, so my question for you is: Do you think Solskjaer has been quite cute in the way that he's 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 picked the likes of Mat- Matic, he's picked the likes of Mata, and they haven't come through? So now it's almost like he's got double vindication to play the kids. I, I genuinely do. I said it last week, like this concept of giving him, give him enough rope. Um, and, he, and he's doing that because, as I said, he must see what fans see when we're watching the game in terms of who is effective and who is not. And we know Matic is not effective. We know Mata is not effective. We know Lingard is not effective. And he is hamstrung slightly by the, the depth of the squad. But yeah, I, 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 I do think... Like as the season progresses, we're going to see more of the likes of Chong, who I thought had a, a really good cameo today. Um, yeah, he, um, I think he was a bit excitable when he first came on and put a few balls uh, awry. But yeah, he looked, uh, he looked he looked pretty decent with a couple of touches, a couple of little dribbles. Um, much more exciting than the man that he replaced, Juan Mata. Um, I, I, I would love to see more of Chong, Greenwood and Gomez um, up front. Um, and I'd love to see a lot less of Matic in particular, Mata, Lingard, and I've, I've got to say, Ashley Young, I, I can't be doing with him. I just, that, he, just, just no. Yeah, again, like, there's, no, there's no point in going on about Ashley Young. We know, again, he's finished, and it's just purely down to a lack of depth in the squad that he's starting, um, because Shaw's injured, of course. Uh, and and mm. to add to those plays we just mentioned, Garner surely has to get a bit of time at some point, maybe in the Europa League or whatever, get some experience because he just looks a fantastic prospect. Yeah, my, I think my only worry with Garner is he, like central midfield is a big position to come in, and you, you've got to be a man, haven't you? You, you can't be a, 
a young kid, a young promising kid, and stamp yourself in mid, you know, with authority in midfield. That, that that is so rare. I can I can only really think of Cesc Fabregas in the Premier League that's done that in in like the last 15, 20 years. Um, you've, you've got to be ready as a central midfielder. You really um, do. Um, excuse me, uh, Anderson. <laughs> Anderson was great. I loved Anderson. I did. Um, oh, he's one he, of them. <laughs> <laughs> if if he put as much effort into his fitness and his um football career as he did into his partying and uh um dancing and stuff then he'd have been a quality player for us he had he had, he had bags of talent um i love the way he played but uh yeah he um <laughs> i think his commitment to the cause left a little bit to be desired I, I was talking to my dad a little bit about this um today and we were saying how um andreas Pereira, for all his failings gets stuck in um, and he's always like, he's got that little sort of like nasty streak to him as well. Like, you know, if there's ever any kind of trouble brewing on the pitch, he's, he's there backing his mates up and stuff. And we don't have enough of that in the squad at the moment. I think it's getting better. And I think Solskjaer is sort of transitioning the players that really didn't give a shit out and playing perhaps less less talented players that do give a shit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing that I want to be seeing in a United player going forwards, preferably with a little bit more quality there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy for Pereira to be in the squad. And you're right about his attitude. It was funny today, McTominay, like Wes Brown, someone. And I was uh, my mate who I was sat with, I was like, we need more of that, just like cleaning players out, reminding other teams like who the fuck they're playing, basically. And just just we need we need to try and get our swagger back as soon as possible, but we've got to have the quality of players to do that. I just briefly want to talk. Um Axel Twanzebe came on. Am I right in saying he was basically playing defensive mid? Because, again, that could be an interesting prospect. Yeah, that's right. He came on in defensive mid. And if I recall correctly, that season that he kind of uh, broke through and played a few games, was it was it the end of Van Gaal's reign? Um, he was he was playing him in, in that uh, defensive midfielder role as well. Um, I don't know if he's got enough quality on the ball to be played there, but I'd, I'd certainly... Uh, this is going to be a recurring theme. Um, love to see him there ahead of Matic. So I think he's not gone out on loan um, with the intention of being used more regularly as a squad player. And if that means a couple of games in front of that back four, then yeah, I'm all for it. And it's going to be interesting to see actually, because coming up over the next um, two weeks, we've got two kind of, secondary fixtures if you know what I mean we've got um, FC Astana on Thursday and then the week after we've got Rochdale in the League Cup on the Wednesday and I'll be very interested to see what teams uh, Ollie puts out for them and to what extent the the youngsters impress Um, yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and now now is the time in games like that to to blood maybe a couple more of the youngsters. Not necessarily for the full game, but yeah, maybe give Twanzebe a go in defensive mid. I think I think you could start Twanzebe there instead of the likes of Matic, as long as McTominay and Pogba are there as well, and and maybe start to introduce the likes of Greenwood and Gomez a bit more without a doubt. Um, again, not necessarily the full game, but just I, I, like like we've touched upon this episode, I think Ollie is actually quite clever. I think maybe tactically, yeah, sometimes he, he's going to struggle a bit and he's going to have to learn as he goes because he's a relatively new manager. Um, but I, but I just, I just, I've just, i got faith and 
I, I just hope all the United fans do as well because uh, I, we've got to be patient this season. Aim for the top four, even if we don't get it. As long as we're heading in the right direction, I've said it before, I'm happy. And I think we might slowly start to get back to, to where we were under Fergie. Yeah, um, I, I'd actually, I wouldn't be totally against seeing Axel Twanzebe getting the odd game at centre-back to see if he's got more to show than Lindelof has so far this season. Um what were, what were your thoughts, thoughts on and your best mate, Victor Lindelof, today? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of him, um, but there is no doubt he does get dominated sometimes in the air. He, he, again, he, he lost out a couple of times. Uh, that, that chance for Madison that Reese mentioned where De Gea made a really good save. Um, Lindelof, 90% of the time, is excellent, 95% of the time, but it's, it's, it's that worrying side to him where he can just get dominated in a challenge and, and it's cost us goals already this season. So just <sighs> just just to show the um polarity in in the press's uh, opinion of Victor Lindelof's display today. Victor Lindelof four out of ten. Caught out early Early on by a big long ball from Evans and never really looked comfortable, struggling to keep tabs on Madison. So that's that's in line with kind of my opinion of the game today. Um, four out of ten, maybe a little bit harsh. I would certainly know better than a five out of ten. And then I look across at this other one. Victor Lindelof, eight out of ten. Had a, ner- <laughs> had a nervy start where Madison got the better of him, but regained his composure and form and shackled Jamie Vardy impressively. My rating is more. <laughs> My rating is more towards the eight. I'm not sure it's an eight, but no, he was like, as I say, he was solid for the most part. But there was a couple of occasions where his, um, whatever his lack of ability to dominate the likes of Vardy and Madison, uh, could have cost us. It didn't, but it could have done. And you know, again, though, give the guy the season. Like Lindelof and Maguire are our first choice centre backs. I think you've got to give them a good season to um, help them build that relationship and understanding. And along with Wan Wan Bissaka, who yet again today was just uh, yeah. Let, let, let's let, let's let's not be all doom and gloom. Wan Bissaka was was excellent today again. Um, it, I just I just you just can't get past him. It was ridiculous. There was a couple of occasions where I thought, oh, he's been done. And then he pulls out. He just like go-go gadget, long legs or something. He's, he's incredible. I, I love the guy. He's brilliant. Him, Maguire, uh, James, who we've not mentioned at all yet, uh, was really good, um, really positive. Runner plays. It's not always going to come off for him, but I just love the kid's attitude. Again, he's young and he just keeps going. He just gets up and keeps going. And I love that about him. And as yeah, he was he was our most dangerous player today by a long way. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And as long as as long as we keep making signings like we made in the summer, then as I say, uh, the only way is up as far as I'm concerned. So um, it's, right, it's hard think, it's hard to go much further in the opposite direction, really, given the stature <laughs> of the club. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, right, okay, I think we'll leave it there. I just want to. Um, say a big thank you to a Twitter user um, who is Tamla50. He left us um, a, a, a really beautiful sort of view. Um, he retweeted something uh, that we tweeted um, and he said, if you're, if you are a United fan, 
uh, block these wankers they are a disgrace so thank you to tom or 50 for uh, for that sort of um positive feedback and uh, we'll send you a uh, signed shirt or something if you if you message messages your address on on twitter it's, it's a shame that he probably won't hear that shout out unfortunately <laughs> uh nice guy though by all accounts yeah indeed indeed right thanks guys uh we'll See you after the Astana game. Stay safe. Take care.